Are you wondering how you can be happy, healthy, and successful in the fast-paced, high-stressed, non-stop nature of the music industry? That's what we're going to be looking at in this episode of the New Music Industry Podcast. Today I'm chatting with certified music industry life coach from Olympia Coaching, Ariane Paris. How are you today, Ariane? I'm very good, thank you. I'm super happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on. So you have over 15 years of experience in the music industry. You've even booked headline acts for venues with a capacity of 5,000. I would love for you to share a little bit about your journey and what has led you to the point of starting Olympia Coaching. Yeah. So I love music, as we all do. Uh, I started my career in the music industry. I worked for a couple of labels in the UK, and then I was the main booker of this big venue in Barcelona, um, 5,000 capacity venue, and I was booking electronic music artists, so big headliners um, such as Jeff Mills, Krillex, Black Coffee, as well as, um, as, well as upcoming artists. So it was really uh, an amazing job. I had like um, so much fun and also I had a complete creative control, uh, creative freedom and the opportunity to um, give artists a chance to play in a new territory and to get to know them. So that was fantastic. And in, in parallel, I also had um, my, what I will call my spiritual awakening about mm -hmm. 14 years ago through some books and actually I came through it through science quite quite funnily and um, I started to become really really passionate about personal develop development and th that really shifted um, my understanding of the world and my understanding of what it means to have this human experience and realizing that we have so much power right we really are able to create our own reality through shifting our mindset, through sh shifting our thoughts, um, being aware of our emotions and our, our patterns and so on. So I really wanted to share what, you know, when you learn something new and you get so excited and <laughs> you cannot shut me up about uh, anything to do with personal development. So I really wanted to share what I was learning with other people. And I was seeing so many people in the music industry burning out, um, having mental health issues or, um, you know, kind of like sometimes losing the plot. And um, I really wanted to, to help uh, my, my, my peers, really, and, and help artists as well have a more sustainable career. And so what happened as well was um, I, I loved my jobs for, for so many years, and it came to a point where, I went from feeling super excited and super happy to be in that club every weekend, like really being in my element, to feeling really um, frustrated, really bored. And what was exciting to me really just some years before started to feel really meaningless. And that was the worst for me, just having lost that sense of meaning. And I think you come to a point in your life, or at least in my case, I came a point in my life where I'm not 20 years old anymore. And I really started to ask myself those questions, you know, what, what, what am I here to do? What is my, my purpose? And 
how can I use the years that I have in, left in my life, you know, how, however long that may be, to really do something that um, has more impact and that um, is more meaningful to me. So this is why I, uh, I trained as a, as a professional life coach and I took the jump and I answered, I answered the call of the mission. Very similar to the questions that I've been asking over the course of the last couple of years or so, especially since I moved from Calgary 10 hours out west to Abbotsford and close to Vancouver area. And it's beautiful out here and it's wonderful. But yeah, there was a lot of soul searching. And I guess in some ways there still is. One of the yeah. things you mentioned was spiritual awakening. I mean, this is more just by comment or than anything, but I kind of went through my own spiritual awakening, I guess, three and a half years ago, four years ago now. So, and that was just oddly enough, I was looking after my, my parents' house during the summer and looking after their dog. And that day just felt like it went on forever <laughs> and I couldn't quite explain it. I didn't really know why it just did. And in that process, I, I kind of woke up as it were. Wow. Yeah. So you had a, a spontaneous one, like quite a quite a, a quick one, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of spontaneous. It's really, really interesting day. Amazing. Personal development has certainly grown as a topic of interest in the music industry recently, but it seems like yeah. maybe just ten years ago or fifteen years ago, it was still like, let's not let's not talk about that, let's not bring that up, you know? What what are your thoughts on that? Oh, it's so new. I mean, I can't believe like it's, it's, yeah, no one was really talking about it. And I mean, myself, you know, all these years I worked in the music industry and I was young and I just, you know, I was just going to festivals and to clubs and I loved it. And I just lived my, my best life of the time. And I wasn't asking myself those questions, right. Either. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very new topic. As you know, the, the topic of, well-being and mental health in the music industry has really only been uh, a, a topic of discussion in the last three or four years. So it's so yeah. new. It was completely taboo before. We had that myth of the rock and roll lifestyle. We had all these people living that kind of life and being looked up to. And it was completely taboo to talk about actually the real struggles of people. And, and I think people weren't being transparent about it. And thank God. And, and uh, of course, unfortunately, it, it also, you know, we had like those famous um, cases of people who ended up badly. And I think that really shifted, uh, that helped shift the narrative and, and open up that discussion. Yeah, I think people have been driven inwards in a big way during the pandemic. So that's going to be a source of discovery for, for many. I remember yeah. just kind of beginning to touch on it in about 2011, 2012 myself on this whole idea or concept of, of personal development. So I didn't know that I would be blazing a trail in that sense, but, yeah. but I always felt it was key to my life. So it would be a shame not to share what I'd learned in that process. Exactly. And it's so key. I really feel that this is why we are here on earth. Mm. Um, we are here to learn about ourselves. We are here to transform. We are here to grow. We, you know, our soul is, is a yearning for, for growth and evolution. And um, it, it's literally the, the most important work we, we, we have to do, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. 
It sounds like part of your mission is teaching artists and professionals how to be happy, healthy, and successful in the music business. This is a topic, like we said, it's with growing interest, but it seems like a tall order. So where does one start when they're looking to enjoy their careers more? Yes, so many places to start. You know, I think one of the main, main questions people um, need to ask themselves, and it sounds so obvious, but the question is, what makes me happy? Yeah. And, and the reason I say that is because I think I was quite blessed that I had a dad who um, kind of instilled this message in me all my life since I was very young. He, he was always very supportive and he always said, do what makes you happy. And, and as I was growing up, I realized that people around me, when I would try to have those kind of conversations with them, I realized that many people didn't know what made them happy. And, and, and I remember thinking that's really shocking to me because, like, how can you not ask yourself that question? Surely this is the most important question you, you want to ask yourself. Mm. So the first, the first one place to start is, is what makes me happy, right? Why, what do I value in my life? What is important to me? What are my priorities? And, and with success, what I see a lot is um, in the music industry, people think, people from the outside think, oh yeah, the music industry is just all fun and games and drugs, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. What they don't know is that people in, in the music industry are one of the most hardworking people that yeah. I've met. Everyone is very driven. Everyone is ambitious. Um, people have got like this, this, you know, they want to do great stuff. And the thing is, they want to be successful, but quite often they don't define success for themselves. So they don't really know what success looks and feels like to them. So that's another place to start, really defining success for yourself, because otherwise what I see a lot is people chasing success and never really being satisfied. Why? Because they haven't defined it. And because also what happens um, is that the goalpost is always moving, right? Like you want success, you, you reach one milestone, you barely celebrate, and off you go onto the next yep. goal or the next milestone. And you're always living in the future, you're never really in the present. There's this thing that Eckhart Tolle says, which I love, and he says, success is a successful present moment. That's it. Yeah. Success yeah. is just, and, and it's so simple and, and yet it's so hard to do, right? Because we're always in the past or in the future. We always have these goals, but success is really just enjoying what you have right here, right now. And also having goals and, and things you want to achieve, mm. but not forgetting the, the presence. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I think I had a conversation with my mentor, probably two years ago, probably no more than that. He'd sort of encouraged me to look at what was it in my work life that was draining me that made me less energetic in the things that I actually did care about and did want to do. And, and it didn't become clear immediately for me. Later on, I sort of started to realize that, oh, wow, like I've invested so much of my time and effort and energy into staff writing duties that I've been doing, which do pay the bills and actually do connect to my strengths. And yet that was kind of the main thing that if I was really closely examining all the things that I was doing and which one was, was taking the most energy for me, it was that. <laughs> so, I mean, and that forces me to reflect on, on making changes in my life as well. Yeah. And th this is a great exercise, by the way, this is an exercise that I give to my clients as mm. well. 
of reflecting what what drains you, what um, what is it that you don't really want to do but you feel like you have to do, and then it's a matter of like, okay, can you delegate? Do you really have to do it? Uh, is there another way? And then what energizes you? What what gives you um, more energy as you do it? And and how can you do more of that? How can you work more in your zone of genius? Exactly. Yeah. And and it's not always the easiest shift, I think. That's that's where sometimes it's easy to get caught. It's like, okay, I have to hire somebody or I have to purchase a tool to automate this process for myself or I have to give up on it so that I can give up to go up, you know? I think that's yeah. where a lot of people's minds are going to be when they when they hear that. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. And it's 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 exactly that. It's always assessing and, and optimizing the way we do things and mm. we, the way we go about things because we normally get stuck in a routine. You know, this is what we do, and we 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 tend to not take the time to stop and and think about things. And like, is this really the best way for me to approach this thing, or what can I do differently? This is why working with a coach is, mm. is uh, really helpful because you have someone else that asks you those questions, that helps you reflect, and that helps you. Um, really figure out what is the best way forward because we're always in a process of evolution. Absolutely. I think my latest conversation with, with my coach, business coach was basically along the lines of, Hey, could you become a music journalist celebrity? And I said, what? <laughs> That's not a path I'd even thought about or considered to this uh -huh. point. And it's just kind of building my, my book business, my passive course and an online product business. And then I thought about it and I was like, yeah, there's a part of me that would love to be no more. And there's a part of me that would obviously love to generate greater income from what I do. So mm -hmm. yeah, maybe that's a path. Maybe that's a path. Yeah. So that was pretty fascinating when you came to me with that. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked about pivoting on the show before, and I do think it's important for artists to be able to course correct when necessary, but how would you describe pivoting and how should one go about the process? So for me, so it, uh, of course, it depends on is it an artist, is it a music executive, where they are. It depends on so many things. But for yeah. me, the, the key thing is to go inwards. Um, if I take the example of, uh, I don't know if in, in your audience, you also have people working uh, behind the scenes, not, not just artists. Um, yeah. So normally, what, what, do you, what do you do when you look for a new job? You're just going to redo your CV, your LinkedIn. You're going to apply to all sorts of jobs. You don't take the time to stop and to go inwards. And that is the crucial step. Hmm. I think whenever you want to pivot your career, it's the, the first step is really to go inwards and to assess, okay, what have I done so far? What has been working well for me? Um, what do I want to do more of? What do I want to do less of? Um, who am I really? Um, again, what, I, what do I value in my career? What do I need to feel happy, to feel fulfilled? What are my strengths? And then once you, you get clear on, on who you are, then it's like, okay, what do you want? You know, where do you see yourself in the future in three, five, ten years? Um, what kind of balance do you want to have in your life? Um, and then it's like you, you want to create a vision. So creating a vision for your future, for your mm. career, and then working out an action plan. Okay, if I want to, 
what is this dream that you you have inside of you? Because sometimes, okay, we have a dream, we don't really uh, allow it to to come out. We there's fears, of course. It's very very natural, right? To feel scared, to feel unsure. Um, but giving space to this deep desire that you may have inside of you, even if it's a crazy dream, and then working out the action um, the action steps that you need to take in order to pivot your career, right? What do you need to do? Do you need to up-level your skills? Do you need to expand your network? Do you need to nurture your existing one? So it's not there's not like a magic solution, right, if you want to pivot yeah. your career because it's going to depend on... on your circumstances on where you're at in life, um, what you want uh, for yourself. But, but, but knowing that um, it, it's, it's very scary, right, to pivot to pivot yeah. your career. I've been there myself, right? I was, I was working in the music industry. I felt I'd boxed myself in this particular role or in this particular industry. And I wanted to work in personal development, but I had, you know, David, I was so stuck. I was stuck for years before I I took that jump. I was completely stuck. I was unhappy. I was frustrated. I knew I had to make a change. And I was also completely stuck. Why? Because I was full of these limiting thoughts saying, okay, you want to work in personal development, you know, what the hell are you going to do? You, you can't apply for a job in personal development. It doesn't exist. Nope. You know, I, I hadn't heard of coaching then because in Europe, it's still quite new compared mm. to the US. I'd never heard of coaching before. Mm. And I, I, I just, I was stuck and I was, I was um, miserable and, um, and I had no examples around me in my, in my daily life of people who had done something like this until someone told me, um, why don't you go and see a coach? And I was like, oh, a coach, yeah, what was that? So I hired a coach and that's what helped me get unstuck. Mm. That's what helped me address those fears. And all you need to do is take the first step, right? So the first step is like, once you take the first step, then you can, you're going to take the second and then the third and, and you're going to create momentum and then you, off you go on your way. And mm. it's going to be, of course, a journey, right? A journey full of surprises and uh, challenges. But all you need to do is take the first step. Are there any early signs that you should pivot? Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's a term of like, how satisfied are you? In, in your in your work life. I mean, we spend so much time at work. We spend at yeah. least eight, eight hours a day at work. It's the big, the vast majority of our waking time is spent at work. It's so important to feel happy and fulfilled in, in what with what you do. So, some early signs are you've been feeling um, really drained, really stuck. And it's not going away. It's not just a matter of, of you've had a hard week and or you've had this problem this week and it's you feel a bit stressed. No, like this is a feeling that lingers on. And yeah, it's it's really a sense of feeling um, depleted and feeling like you're not in the right place anymore. Hmm. I know that for me, what happened for me was I I had this calling. I had this calling. And it could have been easy for me to stay stuck in the comfort trap 
of you know where I was. I was very secure. I knew to do my job really well. It was easy. It was fun. I you know very very secure, very comfortable. Um, but but for me, I felt okay. I can. The pain of staying in the comfort was greater than actually taking the risk and jumping into the unknown. Mm. So, you know, people do value different things. Some people really value security and for them, they just want to feel secure and stable. Okay. Then, you know, you know, that's what you need, but, but it's like, you want to assess what's the pain, what's the payoff? Um, what am I willing to sacrifice to, to not, to not go and do something else or to not try to, to, to live this dream that I have. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. You mentioned in your email to me that burnout is not the measure of success. And I couldn't agree more. I've experienced burnout in many shades and colors, and there's always a significant cost with revving the engines too hard for too long. And I'm way more watchful of that myself. But you explain that self-actualization and contribution are the true measures of success. What does that mean? And what does it look like? Yeah. So I, uh- I don't know if you've heard or if you've listeners have heard of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, yeah. famous pyramids. So at the bottom, you have your um, so the basic needs, the needs uh, for survivors. So um, having a job, being able to pay your rent, being fed, feeling safe. This is what you need just to, to in order to survive. And then the middle part of the pyramid are the social ego needs so the f- wanting to feel loved feeling like you belong um wanting to achieve recognition status feeling achieved so i think a lot of people are there in this in the second half um in the bottom sorry in the middle part of the p- pyramid and then maslow said that the top part of the pyramid which is what we all aspire to once we have the the other needs met is self-actualization. And self-actualization means essentially reaching your potential and and, uh, fulfilling your purpose. So it's about actualizing who you are and always going beyond what you've done until now to become, you know, to develop more of your qualities, to develop more of your strengths, to have a bigger impact um, and to really live out your purpose. And there's actually a, a, another part of the pyramid that apparently Maslow didn't get around to um, really map out that part, but there's the new new top, let's say, which is after you've self-actualized, then it's self-transcendence. And this is just mm. a, another, another level where you transcend your ego, where you... You're just here to serve and to contribute to the world with your gifts. And you, yeah, you don't have an ego anymore. And you really feel at one with all that is. And yeah, that's, that is the, the holy grail. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense. You know, people often say, or some of the experts do anyway, that you can't give what you don't have, or you can only give out of your overflow. So in other words, self-actualization would be creating that overflow and then self-transcendence would be getting to that point where that overflow spills out onto others and you can create a greater impact. So 
it is a that was a challenging thing i think for for artists or at least sensitive intuitive sort of artists who are always mindful about like their surroundings the people around them the people how they're feeling how they're doing you know instead of like just going inwards and working on yourself yeah because artists have got uh, these beautiful beautiful sensitive souls and that's why they are artists yeah they're, they're so empathetic and so sensitive to to the environment and to other people and that is beautiful and yeah um and 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 yeah it's going back to why you're playing music why why are you playing music what what is the impact you want to have on your audience on your fans there's always a reason uh, you 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 actually um you want to affect them in some way you want them to feel an emotion you want them to feel free or feel you allow them to be authentic or whatever it is for you yeah absolutely i think it's only been in the last year or two where i've allowed myself to be more quote unquote selfish and then and those are definitely in quotes and and to really look at what do i want what do i need and and how do i go about life yeah. in a way that's joyful and it's not selfish at all right. it's not selfish at all because the world needs people who feel joyful who feel happy who are doing the work that they love, this is how we change the world, right? We don't change mm. the world when we are miserable and when we are stressed and anxious. So looking yeah. after yourself is not a selfish act because when you look after yourself, this is when you can give more to others, like you said before, because you have an overflow and you feel healthy and you feel you know, mentally, emotionally stable. And of course, that's not going to happen all the, of the time. We all have our moments where we feel like shit <laughs> and we feel depressed and we feel anxious and that's fine. It's part of the human experience. Yes. But looking after yourself will help you um, contribute more to others and to, to your immediate surroundings, to your family, to your friends, to your whatever that is, and, and then to the world. That's great. Yeah. Mindset is a huge topic and we've kind of gotten into it already, but it's something I've covered quite extensively in the podcast. If artists want to achieve success on their own terms, they can't just be focused on getting on Spotify playlists. Uh, they also need to identify what's holding them back and forge a new path. What are the main mindset blocks that get in the way of artistic success? Yeah. And, and, and you're right. Mindset is so important and it's, it's also the missing piece uh, because people get obsessed with the latest marketing strategy and how to get on Spotify playlists and all of that is important, but but those things um, are always going to come and go, right? The algorithm is always yeah. going to be changing. You're always going to have to learn new things. And the the one thing that will stay with you forever is yourself. And again, so that's why investing in yourself is such a smart move because mm. you're the common element. You're going to be with yourself all of your life and you are your own career when you're especially when you're a musician so some of the uh, minds the common mindset blocks that um, artists tend to have one of them is self-doubts and we all have self-doubts right like um, yeah. from time to time and a lack of self-belief a lack of confidence which is completely understandable because it is a competitive industry it, it is unstable and of course, with social media, it's so easy to compare yourself to others, 
And um, so, yeah, um, working on your confidence is is an important piece, especially also as you, as an artist, you put your creative work out there and you may face rejection and you will face rejection, right? It's part of the journey. You will, you may face criticism. You may face people on social media being unkind and those kind of things. So, uh, yeah, a lack of self-belief is one mindset block. Um, another one is, um, fear. And, and again, we all have, we all are fearful of something or another, but so fear of rejection is a big one, uh, that's going to hold you back. Um, fear of failure is another one. Perfectionism is, is all of the, all of these are related, but perfectionism as well is a, is a big, big one because how many talented artists have songs unreleased, uh, unfinished, half-finished. Um, lots of electronic music producers have got hard drives full of tracks yeah. that haven't seen the light of day because they think it's not good enough, that it's not perfect enough. Um, there's these quotes that, that I really like. I think it's, it's really cute by uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote uh, It Pray Love and lots of best-selling books. And she says that, Perfectionism is fear in fancy shoes and a mink coat, pretending to be all, all fancy and all sophisticated when it's actually just terrified. So, you know, when people, you, when we, when we say, and I, I'm a perfectionist, it's a beast. I, 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 I hate being a perfectionist. Yeah. But we think, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm being a perfectionist. But no, actually, I'm scared. I'm scared of failure. I'm scared of rejection. I'm scared of what other people will think. Um, yeah, that's, that's the typical mindset blocks that people have. Yeah. You explain them very well. Is there any steps to overcoming those mindset blocks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> steps. Again, it's, it's inner work deep down it's inner work. Uh, I can share with you that's helpful. A couple of like quick tips that I give my, to my clients as assignments. Hmm. So for example, with, um, confidence, one 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 practice or one thing that I recommend to my clients and that, that I use for myself as well is to keep track. So keep a list on on your notes app, on on a document, on a Google Doc, whatever. Keep a list of all of your all of your achievements, and these can be in your professional life, but this can be also in your personal life. It doesn't have to be just career related. So keep a list of like, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's related to music. Maybe you have cooked dinner, Christmas dinner for 10 people. That is an achievement. You know, that takes planning, that takes organization, that takes creativity, that takes um, being able to handle uh, stress and so on. So keep a list of your achievements and keep a list uh, of anything that other people say to you that are that is some kind of praise, whether this is a review that you get in, in a blog, whether this is a comment that you get on your social media about one of your fans saying that, um, you know, your song changed their life or whatever. So keeping a list, why? Because as human beings, we, we are wired to pay more attention to the negative because we are wired that way because we are to survive. You know, we all know about this theory of like the tiger we had to pay attention to the tiger and now we don't have a tiger anymore but we still 
pay much more attention to the danger, to the possible danger, to the negative than to the positive. So research has showed that in order to balance that, we need to pay attention to the positive eight times more than on the negative. And this is crazy because we don't do that, right? We yeah. gonna, you're going to focus, you're going to obsess about this one negative comment on your social media or wherever, and you're going to ignore everything else, all the positive stuff that people say. You're only going to focus on the one negative comment. And, and so we have to do the opposite. We have to focus eight times as much on the positive comment than on the negative comment to rebalance it. That's why keeping this, this track of your achievements and, and the praise you get is, is a great tool, first of all, to remember. And then when you feel, um, when you have these moments of insecurity, when you are facing those setbacks, go back to that file and read it and read it aloud and, and really feel it, feel what it feels like to, to recognize that you, you have that. Yeah, really great tips there. And kind of circling back to what you said about perfectionism, you know, I, I gave up perfectionism a few years ago. I don't remember exactly when. It's easy to go to the other extreme, I found out. Well, maybe not even the other extreme. It's just there's there's a meaningful balance somewhere in there. If When you drop perfectionism, you find yourself creating more, but sometimes the creating more becomes about making more money. And when it becomes about making more money, you actually like, make less money because you're focused on making the money <laughs> you know mm -hmm. you know what i mean have you experienced that yeah so i think these are two separate things so first of all i hmm. want to know how did you give up perfectionism give me your, your oh my gosh your tip because because i want it <laughs> i i wish i had a step-by-step -step, but honestly i think it was just being extraordinarily prolific like not counting on one blog post to change the world, but like writing every day and publishing every day. Same with music, yeah. same with other artistic endeavors. I just made a lot of something. And yeah. that and in that process, I think I was able to draw perfectionism. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good tip. Um, yeah, another way to, to get over perfectionism is to... Um, Realize that you're here to, to progress. You're not here to be perfect. Yeah. Like the world doesn't want, doesn't require perfection from us. Yeah. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't care. Like the universe doesn't care about you trying to be perfect. It cares about you doing your best and progressing and learning, right? We learn from messing up. We learn from our failures. This is how we learn. We don't learn by trying to be perfect. Yeah. And being, and being perfect definitely is holding us back. Um, and, and for, for artists, um, you know, this can then l lead to creative blocks when you're trying to be perfect, you, you can end up being creatively blocked. This is, this is something that happened to a past client of mine where he was emotionally and creatively, um, burnout and he was completely blocked and he had boxed himself in, in this musical gender that he thought that he had to stick to. And he thought that that's what people expected from him. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, so we worked, we worked on, on unblocking him. And, and in the end, he, he, he totally got unblocked and released five EPs when he had released none the, the year before. And, and one simple way to get over that is for an artist is to just really give yourself the permission to suck. 
So like yeah. similar to what you said, like you weren't you, you weren't writing bad blog posts, I'm sure, but you, you gave yourself permission to just okay, I'm just gonna write loads of them and I'm not I'm not gonna count on one blog post to change the world. Right. So give yourself the permission to suck, give yourself the permission to just play and enjoy and create for the sake of creating. So without attaching to an, an outcome to it. So you're not creating because you want this song to be released on this label. So yeah. giving yourself a little bit more freedom to to just create for the sake of creating, to find joy in the act of create, creation. And from there, you're going to be able to get unblocked and, and to be less, um, to strive less for perfection. Absolutely. I love what you said there. And I think on your website, you mentioned that balance is key. I would love for you to elaborate on that as well, even though we've kind of been talking about that the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, because as, as we know, there's a lot of burnout in, in, in the music industry and, and people working really hard, playing really hard. Well, not this year, not, not last year, but uh, yeah. traditionally in the music industry, you work really hard, you play really hard, and um, you don't have a lot of balance in your life. Um, and you sacrifice your well-being, you may sacrifice your personal relationships. And this is not sustainable. It really isn't. And there are so many examples of artists who, quote-unquote, have made it. And we are a living example of that, that it's not sustainable, that there is yeah. a price to pay for that. So balance really is key. So I think that everyone's got their own version of what a balanced life looks like, right? We all made differently. Uh, I know what it is for me. It might be different for you, but but at least for, what I recommend people is always having the minimum of self-care. So having enough sleep for sure, um, trying to eat, eat healthily, definitely moving your body and exercising because we're stuck behind a computer. You may be stuck in the studio. It's not a very healthy um, thing to do like to be stuck and sitting all day long so you need to move your body Mm -hmm. you need to circulate that energy and and for your creativity that's going to be very healthy as well right to move to to be in your body um i always recommend of course uh, um, uh, um, a practice for your mind whether this is meditation uh mindfulness whatever that is and and nature like being in nature we need nature we need nature to feel balanced because again, we live in cities um, where you live sounds a, a little bit more uh, uh, close to nature, but we live in cities. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a natural environment for, for the human being. Right. And, and, and nature heals and nature will help you feel more balanced. So I, I, think, I think research says that I think you need at least two hours, two hours a week of nature. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. I recently heard a mindset coach explain um, movement undoes karma, I think is what he said. And undoes karma. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and so it took me a while to understand this. I heard it from another perspective on another podcast, a different spiritual podcast, where they were explaining that he just felt in his spirit to go and walk and, and hike until he started to feel better. And it took three hours to sort of undo the grief and the depression and the anxiety and and everything that had been pent up and built up over the course of the last year. And and so I was like, ah, 
I see. So that's that's another key. I mean, it's important for your health. It's important for your well-being and your mood and everything else. But it also undoes karma. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is why I guess you know when you hear people going on these um, I don't know the word in English. It's peregrina. No. You know when they go on these long walks, like Camino de Santiago in Spain is a famous um, famous walk that people go on for weeks or for days. Right. You know, you hear, you hear those stories of people going on these really long, difficult walk, like they set themselves up for this challenge and they normally go on their own and it's like a real ordeal. And they do that and they come completely changed on the other side. Right, yeah. And, and usually they set off on this journey because something is happening in their life. They're not in a good place. And um, I think it's that movie with uh, Reese Witherspoon that comes from, a, it's a real story um, called, I think it's Wild. The mm-hmm. movie is called Wild. And it's from um, this woman who went on, on one of these walks and, yeah, came out completely unchanged uh, on the other end. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's amazing. Well, I think we'll do a few quick questions and then wrap up the interview. These are meant to uh, flesh out your character and give us a sense of some of your best tips for for the audience as well. But first is, what's the last YouTube video you watched? Oh, my God. Do you know what? I go go on this. uh, I I don't spend a lot of time on social media, but uh, sometimes I go into what I call the the black hole, a YouTube black hole, when I start to watch (laughs) video and I watch another one. Well, I know I do know the last one I watched, and it's um, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Buzz Babes. It, these are like um, it's 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 a network of uh, millennial uh, female entrepreneurs. Mm. I'm not a millennial, but I really I really um, admire this whole generation of millennial, yeah, um, who are just changing the world. Who are all these conscious leaders? There is something about that generation that just uh, amazes me and yeah so the last video I saw was um, one of the Buzz Babe founders um, explaining 50 things about herself and everything that she had achieved by the age of 24 was really impressive slash scary right <laughs> she had achieved so much by the age of 24 and it was like oh my god that's pretty amazing yeah and what is your daily routine like so my daily routine, uh, I do have a morning routine, which I absolutely love. Um, where do, do you want me to get into detail? Or? Yeah, you can share detail if you want. All right. So, yeah, I love my morning routine. I wake up, I do uh, yoga, and then I meditate, mm. and then I do breathing exercises, pranayama. And, yeah, then I go about my day. I work. Um, I've got a pretty fixed routine, I guess, Um um, fairly structured. So then I work and then um, in the evening I've got some free time to um, like, I, I love learning. I'm, I'm, I'm a learning junkie. So I was, um, I'm always learning something, whether it's to do with spirituality or yeah, personal development or things like human design, whatever it is, I'm interested in so many topics. So Mm-hmm. I spend most of my evenings uh, learning some stuff and sometimes uh, seeing friends and uh, playing with my cat, things like that. <laughs> Sounds great. Are there any books that have helped you on your journey? Yeah, so many books. I, I love reading. Um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm quite a slow reader. I wish I, I could read faster. Um, some of the latest books that really impacted me were 
Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. I don't mm. know if you read that one. You know, when I read it, I, I thought, if if I only try to apply what's in this book for the rest of my life, that's that's going to be enough. You know, wow. I'm just like a lifetime may not even be enough to really try to apply the wisdom that's in this book. And of course, it does. The, the wisdom doesn't come from Eckhart Tolle. It comes from it actually comes from Vedic teachings from thousands of years ago. But he just says it in in it in, in its own way. And one of the most important things he says is um, remembering that um, consciousness is primary. So it's not what you do, it's how you do it. Like how present are you and what's your level of consciousness with every single thing you do. So even if yeah. you, not just with your work or with your relationships, but literally any task you do, how present are you um, and, and yeah, how, how conscious are you in that moment? Hmm. And another book I really liked from it was written by one of these million millennial entrepreneurs that I really admire. Uh, her name is Peta Kelly, and she she wrote a couple of books, but one of the books she wrote uh, some years ago is called Earth Is Hiring. And there's a whole chapter, for example, that um, helps you rewrite your money story, which I thought was really really interesting. Yeah. Um, helping you have a healthier relationship with money because money is just energy. And um, yeah, how can you have a healthier relationship so you can attract more of it? But it's, so it's about circulating it, of course. And um, yeah, and it's got lots, lots of really uh, great, great uh, stuff in that book. Mm. I took a money course a couple of years ago and we kind of went through a similar process of transforming our relationship to money as well. So that's great. I like that. Yeah. Well, did, did you see? Did you see uh, 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 an impact in your life after having done that that course? In in the last couple of years, that's a good question. I think you know one of the relationships that came out of a, the, it was a series of personal development programs. I didn't do just one; I did a whole bunch. And one of the relationships that that came out of uh, was my friend Vern, and he sets up what's or what what is called infinite banking concepts for people and that absolutely changed my life i didn't expect it to we sat down to chat and at some point he just came out and said all right well i need to show you what i do now and i said what <laughs> okay is this going to be a network marketing pitch or something <laughs> but no he, he sat down and he showed me what it was all about and it was it was utilizing insurance policies to create your own bank and those policies grow every single day. I couldn't even explain all of it if I wanted to, but it's it's just amazing the way they work. And so they support, they've started to support my lifestyle in, in a way that probably just previously would have been unaccessible. Oh, that's um, really cool. Yeah. I was like able to build a, a travel fund and now I am building a fund to be able to to pay some of my yearly tax expenses and things like that. Although that's a, that's a interesting topic right now with the political cl climate and everything else. Mm -hmm. But, uh, well, thank you for your time and generosity, Ariane. Is there anything else I should have asked? Not really. Um, um, I think all I want to say, I guess, is um, for anyone who's listening, um, remember how powerful you are. You are extremely powerful. You know, when, when you take full responsibility for your life experience, with it, of course, comes responsibility because then you can't really blame it 
things anymore. Although sometimes you you do because you, you know you fall back into into that victim mentality, and I do that as well. But when you take full responsibility for your life, you realize, wow, I am. I've got so much more control than what I think on my life because what I have control of is what um, how I I perceive and how I experience things. Right, a lot of things are out of my control, but what's in my control is my reaction to it and how I'm going to experience those events and those those circumstances and those people. So just remember how powerful you are, mm. and and remember how beautiful you are as well. You are a beautiful, beautiful soul and you are so worthy no matter what you do, no matter where you're at, at, at your, at the, at, in your career, you know, when, no matter what level you are at and you are so worthy. Don't ever let anything or anyone make you believe otherwise. Well, that's fantastic. And we can all find you at olympiacoaching.com. Is that right? Yeah, I've got a bunch of free resources on my website, so go in and check it out. There's um, really interesting stuff there. And I also offer free consultations, so you can book it on my website and get to have a chat with me. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Ariane. Thank you, David. So if you enjoyed this episode and you're ready to tap into the power of personalized coaching, go to musicentrepreneurhq.com slash special. Whether you're feeling frustrated in your music career, need guidance, or require a helpful outside perspective, the best way to leap forward in your music career is with a coach who's invested in your success. So head on over to musicentrepreneurhq.com slash special to claim your personalized coaching session now. This has been episode 238 of the New Music Industry Podcast. I'm David Anjouid, and I look forward to seeing you on the stages of the world. Thank you for listening. Music in this episode was brought to you by Brian Young. Wherever you're listening to this right now, please consider leaving a five-star review and comment to help us get the word out about the podcast. Music.